What does it take to be a successful real estate investor? We'll talk about that on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Oh, welcome back to the show. Thank you again for listening in. As always, I hope you enjoy this show. I hope you get value from it. I hope it helps you to become a better investor, maybe even a better person, but certainly uh, somebody who has more money than they did before they listened to this show. So thanks for listening in, um, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. So on today's episode, I want to share with you a little story, something that um, happened today, and a conversation that I had that I wanted to just bring to you, and hopefully uh, you will resonate with this. So I'm dealing with a bit of an insurance issue. I won't go into too much details yet because I'm in the middle of it, but I'm sure it'll be... uh, topic for a future episode or maybe episodes on this podcast, but dealing with uh, an insurance issue on one of my properties. So I had to meet with a claims adjuster person from the insurance company and they were asking me some questions and stuff. And then at the end of it, um, he turned to me and he said these kind of six words that always kind of make my spidey sense go up and And it could be good, it could be bad, but when somebody says these words, uh, maybe you can relate, but he said, can I ask you a question? And kind of the tone in his voice changed and it was like, okay, now that we've done this official meeting stuff here about your property and all that, we've dealt with that. He said, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, oh boy, uh, this could be good, this could be bad, I don't know what, uh, what, what is this guy gonna say, but what he, what he wanted to ask me was, um, I guess, in interviewing me and sort of asking me things about myself and different questions, he was learning a bit more about me and what I do. And he started to learn that, obviously, I'm a real estate investor and I own a number of properties and, uh, you know, I have a number of tenants and, and properties around uh, around around the place that, that uh, people are renting from me and so on. Um, and so he said, you know, his question was, how do you buy multiple properties? Like, how do you do it? And you could see like the gears are turning in his mind. Um, and he's just trying to figure out what it is that I do and how I do it. Um, and so this is a very common question I get from people all the time. And it's, it's a source of, um, you know, uh, bewilderment sort of for a lot of people is, from the outside looking in, people who who are not real estate investors looking at a real estate investor as multiple properties, it just seems like a a you know it's like you're an alien, you're speaking a foreign language or something. It's uh, it just seems like a foreign concept, and I can certainly relate to that. Before I bought my first property uh, back in you know 2006, uh, real estate was like that for me. I knew absolutely nothing about real estate. I knew nothing about the world of real estate. Um, investment real estate was just sort of a foreign, vague idea that I, you know, I sort of roughly understood, you know, just being a, a guy in business and, and with a business degree and an interest in business, I sort of roughly understood you know, rough, rough basics of, of what it was. But other than that, it was just something I never thought about, never took the time to understand. Uh, and I just, it was, it just was not something that was on my radar. 
But obviously once I got into real estate and once I bought my first property in particular, um, I developed a real keen and, and quick interest in all things real estate and started to observe people around me and what they were doing with real estate and in particular looking at people who were making money as investors in real estate and I quickly started to become a student of it and learn how it works and, and learn how people were making fortunes in real estate um, and how you know the majority of people who are millionaires around the world were millionaires because of and through real estate. So um, yeah, that was sort of that was sort of my journey into the world, and that's how I got there. But you know, so many people are are where I was, and maybe this is you, or maybe this is someone you know, uh, where where I was before I bought that first property, and it was just like I, you know, it was just not something I understood. And so that's, I could recognize that kind of look in, in this uh, gentleman's eyes as he was asking me this question. How do you buy multiple properties? Um, like, how does that work? Like, do you, do you, he was like, do you, you know, you, you take what you sell the one and you, and you buy the other, you keep the one or you, um, you know, you, 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 how do you like, how do you get from the one to the next to the next? Like, it was just a, as you could tell, and it was just a puzzle in his mind. It was something he was thinking about, but he just didn't even understand. Like he didn't know how to even like ask the question or the words to use. So I thought, wow, this is cool. Like I wasn't expecting this, but yeah, let's have this conversation. And, um, you know, you're asking the right guy. <laughs> uh, funny enough, I, I know a thing or two about, about real estate and, and all this. And actually this is what I do for a living is I help people invest in real estate and help people understand how to do it and, and how to do it well and how to actually do it better than the average and how to beat the odds and how to outperform uh, other people who are buying out there. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, we, we got into it and I, you know, I was just asking him some questions. So like, you know, tell me about like your situation exactly and what's going on and, he basically described like the question behind the question is like, how do I get out of really what he was asking me is like, how do I stop doing what I'm doing? How do I actually create some wealth and some time freedom for myself and my family? Because, you know, he's like a lot of people. He basically, you know, he didn't say this, but I'm kind of interpreting what he says is basically, uh, well, he did say, I like, I don't want to keep doing this i.e. his job as an insurance guy like he basically said you know i i don't like my job i don't like doing this like this is uh this sucks is basically what he's saying i've been he's the only said i've been doing this for a very long time i think like since 2001 or something he said and he doesn't want to keep doing this is in, in his words he doesn't want to keep doing this he wants uh you know he wants to get out of the the rat race and get out of the um the nine to five sort of lifestyle create some as i said you know i'm reading between the lines a bit but he wants freedom time and financial uh and personal freedom to be able to do something else or maybe like a lot of people who are interested in real estate not work at all if if that's what you choose to do and have you know the income and the uh the money from real estate to actually fund your whole life so that was interesting. That's interesting. Um, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. So going more, I was asking him about his situation. I learned that, you know, he's a two income household himself and his wife, they're both working. Um, they own a home in Toronto in the east side of the city. 
He said their home is worth about 1.6 million and their mortgage is only about 200,000. So uh, I said, well, what kind of investments have you been doing? And he said, basically none. I I don't have any investments. Like there's, there is none. Uh, So yeah, I mean, right away I said, well, what did, you know, so what did I actually say to him? Well, I said, you know, you're, you're definitely sitting on a gold mine. Like you're, you're telling me you have $1.4 million of equity in your home, but it's just dead equity. It's doing nothing for you. It's not, um, it's not helping you at all. And then basically I explained to him the concept of, you know, of what a lot of investors do and what, you know, the, really the only way that I know to rapidly grow your wealth through real estate. Um, there's two ways to basically do it. One is to just save up cash until you can afford to buy more real estate or two is to use the equity that you already have in your existing real estate if you've got it um, and use that to buy more real estate and so obviously when he told me he's got sitting on 1.4 million dollars of equity in his home I said well that's you're sitting on a gold mine you've got tons of equity there but unfortunately that equity is dead it's doing nothing for you it's just sitting there rotting away in in a in a sense because you're not doing anything with it sure you're house rich but what has that done for you that's done nothing for you you're still stuck in your job that you don't like uh you know working the nine to five and grinding it out every day um you know and hoping i guess like most people just that eventually you'll you'll be able to retire kind of thing, but you've really got no plan in place to to grow your wealth to the point where you'd be able to do that comfortably. So I went on to basically explain to him, you know, the, the methodology of taking equity out of your property that you've got and deploying that equity into buying real estate and buying assets. Um, you know, I, I, I said to him, you know, you, you don't need to move. He sort of, I think he had in his head that you need to some, you need to kind of like move, uh, or sell to, uh, get that equity and and do something else with it. And I just explained to him, no, like if, if your family is comfortable in the home that you're in and you don't see yourself having a need to move, uh, then stay where you are. Don't move, don't sell. Selling is very expensive. Simply take, but access some of that equity there through either a refinance or through a HELOC. And I just explained sort of the differences between if you refinance your property uh, versus if you take a HELOC. And just briefly here for you listening, so HELOC is when you just take a home equity line of credit, so your existing mortgage stays the same. Uh, in his case, he's got like a $200,000 mortgage. He could take a HELOC for whatever amount he qualifies for from the bank, but if he has two incomes, him and his wife, uh, and that small amount of mortgage, he could probably get a m- pretty big amount of debt um, uh, from the bank uh, to to be able to use that and and use that line of credit, which is like a, a big bucket, a, a pool of, of funds available to you if you want to use it to invest elsewhere. And you only start paying uh, interest costs on that money if you actually withdraw from it. And the other option being refinance, where you actually uh, increase the size of your mortgage, um, and then you actually get a check, so to speak, from the bank for actual cash, and it's in your pocket, um, but your mortgage payment is bigger every month right away, but you have a big 
you know, wad of cash in your pocket, so to speak, that you can, you can go and deploy. Um, so that's sort of roughly what I, what I explained to him, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's something I talk to people all the time and it's, it's like, it's actually not very complicated. Uh, it's actually a very simple concept. It's actually not, you know, it's not rocket science. It, it doesn't take an advanced degree. You don't have to be a finance guy. You don't have to be like anyone can do this. Um, you don't have to be, it's not something for the few, the special, like anyone can do this. It's just the problem is not, most people have never had this modeled for them. In fact, quite the opposite has been modeled or taught or, or pounded into our brains, especially in, uh, in Canada, since we're very, very young, which is this notion that debt is bad, that all debt is bad, that mortgages are bad, that your sort of goal in life is to uh, not have a mortgage, is to pay off your mortgage if you have one as soon as possible. And, and he kind of confirmed that uh, sort of suspicion that I had uh, by telling me, yeah, like he, anytime he has some extra money, he's just pay, used it to pay off his mortgage and pay down his mortgage. So he's aggressively paid down his mortgage, which is why his mortgage is so small relative to the value of his home. Um, and that's just the way that we're taught and trained in Canada. But unfortunately, that is, you know, that's a very safe, conservative way of thinking. But that is, uh, you know, that's a terrible way to grow your wealth. It's a terrible way to do long-term financial planning. That's a terrible way to, um, you know, if, you're, if your goal is a mediocre life, then keep doing that. If you want to have, a, if you wanna have a, a life of excellence and a life of abundance, uh, and a life of true wealth, then you know you're never going to get anywhere by doing that, and by just working the nine to five and just busting your butt and and hoping and praying that uh, you know your government pension's still going to be there when you retire, um, because unfortunately that's what most people are doing. So uh, you know after I explained that basic concept to him, I said, look, you're sitting on so much equity, like you don't ha you have 1.4 million, you don't have to take out 1.4 million. You don't even have to take out a million. Like you could just, even if you took out an access, you know, like a few hundred thousand from your 1.4 million, uh, with a few hundred thousand, you could buy, you know, probably two or three uh, condos right away. Boom, tomorrow, right now. Um, and hit the ground running right away. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and two or three condos, you know, 10 years from now, like your wealth most likely uh, will be substantially dramatically different from where it would be if you just continue on the path that you're on, which is the do nothing sort of a path. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically, that's basically advice I gave him. Uh, and he, and he said an interesting comment back to me, you know, he, he kind of was understanding what I was saying in, in a broad sense. Like it's, it takes, you know, again, this is a new way of thinking. It's not how most people think. Uh, we as real estate investors sort of take for granted the way that we, our minds think and the way that we approach this. But you got to remember most people, if you're, you know, at the family reunion or on the dinner table or at work or whatever, most people don't think like this. Most people think the way that this gentleman thinks and the way that he's been sort of taught to think and the way that the path that he's been on since 2001, 17 years of this, 
Um, so, but his response to me was, you know, okay, I sort of get it. Like, I understand it. Like you've painted a picture for me now of how I could do this and how I could grow my wealth into the future and build a better, you know, future for myself and my family and my kids. But his comment was that it takes fortitude is how he put it. It takes fortitude. I thought that was an interesting line. He's basically saying, you know, it takes like balls. It takes cojones. It takes, uh, you know, guts to, to do this thing. And I said, well, you know, yeah, in a sense, like it does. Uh, but, you know, it, it, if you do it the way that I talk about it and the way I show you how to do it and the way that I've done it, like it's, it's a very low risk sort of a thing. Like, you know, the worst case scenario, as I said to him, you, you buy a property and, you know, if a couple of years later it doesn't work out or, you know, you're not happy with the results or something, you just sell the property, you know, uh, you, you know, worst case scenario, you might lose a, a small amount of money and, and you're back to where you were before. Um, for a guy like this, it's, uh, it's a very low risk sort of a scenario, but, uh, does it take fortitude? What does it actually it really kind of got me thinking like, what does it actually take? Does it take fortitude? What does it take? And I think it goes back to what it takes is, is goes back to this concept of the four C's, which I've talked about on other episodes. Um, it's a concept from Dan Sullivan. He created it from a strategic program called strategic coach. Uh, if you want to Google it for the four C's and basically it's this idea of, um, anytime you do anything new in, in life or business or anything, it, it's, you go through this sort of process. And if you get through this process, you get good results. If you get hung up at one particular point, you can kind of understand where you are at the cycle. But the four C's are this commitment, courage, capability, confidence. So the first two commitment and courage, that's what you need. That's what it takes to actually do something new, to actually, in this case, invest in real estate when you haven't done it before. Um, and what you're looking to get on the other side of it, once you've done it, are the other two C's, which is capability and confidence. Uh, so commitment, you need to mentally commit to doing it. Courage, you need to have courage, or maybe in his way of saying, you need to have fortitude uh, to actually take action and do it. And once you've done it and you're, and, and you've gotten over that, uh, you then suddenly have a new capability. You can do something now that you haven't been able to do before. You have a new capability, a new skill. And when you have a new skill, new capability, that will give you confidence, the fourth C, to do it again or just help someone else to do it. You have that confidence, which makes it easier then to start the cycle again and to commit to doing it again you need courage, but you need less courage than you needed before. And the cycle continues with the four C's. So, uh, my advice to wrap this up for people on, on today's episode, my advice, if you're out there listening, if you resonate with what, where he's at, if you're a newbie and you haven't done this before, um, a lot of people are asking the same question that he had, which is how do I buy multiple properties and, and be like you or be like other investors that I've seen? My advice for newbies is, you can't buy five properties at once. Like nobody jumps out of the gate and buys five, five properties. You, you gotta, my advice is just buy one first, just get the first one done. Um, get your foot in the door, just go through the process once 
Don't worry about the ones after that. Just worry about and, and focus on just doing one. And when you do one and you go through the, the four C cycle, you, you commit to the idea, I'm going to do this. You have the courage to actually act and start doing it and complete the doing it process. Then you have a new capability, a new skill, which will give you that confidence to continue to do it again. But you got to get through the first one first. So baby steps, just do the first one first before you worry about the, the second, third, fourth, fifth one. Okay. When you get past the first one, then let's talk again and we'll, we'll get you strategies for how to build a, a big portfolio of properties, but let's get you through the first one first. And my other piece of advice for existing investors, existing landlords, if you've got uh, a property or a couple properties already and you want to uh, keep building, my advice is, you know, generally speaking, it's don't under leverage yourself or make sure you, you know, ask yourself, am I dangerously under leveraged, right? You hear this, people say, are you dangerously over leveraged? You have too much leverage. Um, well, I think too little leverage is also a danger. You don't like, like this guy here, $1.6 million house, $200,000 mortgage, no investments. He's dangerously under leveraged. He's sitting on way too much equity. Um, and I find a lot of investors who have a few properties, they are also uh, dangerously under leveraged where their debt to equity ratio across their properties uh, is too low. So uh, don't have too much equity. Make sure you're, you're every few years, con it's a constant process where you're pulling that equity out and redeploying it, pulling it out, redeploying it, pulling it out, redeploying it. And that is how you grow your portfolio over time. So a couple things to think about if you're, whether you're new or whether you are an experienced investor. I'll leave it there for now. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, appreciate your feedback, appreciate your reviews for the show. And until next time, happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.